the margarita, the margarita is like quite a special drink, and it's not something you just would whip up any old day. Like no. it is, there is something about it. Welcome to this week's episode of Gin and Beer. I am your host, Meg, and this week I am very excited to be joined for the third time by one of my best friends, Nadia. Hello. Hello, Nadia. Good to be back. (laughs) (laughs) Thank you for coming back and participating in the new and improved version of Gin and Beer. No, I'm so excited. Especially uh, alcohol-focused. Yes, yes. great. It's it's a passion that we have. (laughs) Um, So... Nadia, what is the drink that you would like to discuss today? So I've chosen a frozen margarita. I love it. And um, it's just my favorite cocktail of all time. And if it's ever on a menu, anywhere I go, I'll always... uh, It's just... just, I'll pick it. I have to have it. I feel that. It is is a classic. Um, So before we get into... The history of the margarita, which is pretty interesting after I did a little bit of Googling, um, and and your history with the margarita. Let's also just talk about your drinking experience. Okay. So what is the first alcoholic drink that you ever remember indulging in? Um, I think it, it was probably champagne, and it was probably at New Year's Eve, mm-hmm. which is also my birthday. Um, it's a lit birthday. It's a terrible, <laughs> terrible day to have a birthday. No one gives a shit. Can we swear? We can swear. Can oh yes, of course. Yeah, no, of course um, we can. <laughs> I'm also, by the way, while we're doing this, I'm drinking a frozen margarita, so I will be, be getting progressively drunker <laughs> as this goes on. Which is my intention. <laughs> so yeah, it was, uh, it was champagne at New Year's, um, and that was my first experience, and it was terrible. It was disgusting. How old do you think, do you um, remember you were? It would have been when I was living in Brazil with my parents. Um, so I would have been, I would have been between like, I would have been nine, ten. Mm-hmm. Yeah, very young. But I had my first sip of champagne. I think I must have, I, I definitely remember, because I think at family events, if we toasted to anything, we'd like drop the sugar cube in a glass of champagne. I feel like I remember... My parents letting me have a taste, but like as a kid, like champagne is gross. It's so gross because it's very dry. It's very dry, and the bubbles don't like they just they hurt. Yeah, yeah, they hurt when you drink it. Because I think it's it's much more bubbly than just like lemonade or yeah. Yeah, you know yeah. Coke or whatever your fizzy drinks you're drinking as a kid. Yeah, I definitely had that experience. Um, is there a drink that you used to love in your youth, but you absolutely cannot go near it anymore? Oh, that's such a good question. I got really drunk on straight vodka. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Not that I ever drank straight vodka, but I, you know, when you, I was, I was at my grandparents' house and I was with my cousins and my sister and Mm -hmm. we were just like, let's all have some vodka. And I just drank way too much way too quickly yep. and got really drunk but so since then like vodka is something that I kind of shy away from yeah. like, if there's ever like vodka and cranberry vodka and orange yeah I, I I won't have it yeah 
I, th- I think a lot of people have that experience because vodka is such a like uni yeah. type. Yeah. It's th- is either vodka or tequila. It's yeah. Those... Yeah. It was, it, I mean, you know, evidenced by the fact that we're sat here drinking margaritas. I, 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 I don't refuse to touch vodka, but I, I mean, I'll probably end up saying in one way or another on every episode of this podcast, I am not a vodka fan. There's like a handful of cocktails I enjoy it in, but yeah, like you said, yes. you'll never catch me ordering a vodka cranberry. Exactly. Um, but I just, my first like two years of uni, it was like the only thing we could get our hands on for whatever reason. So I just drank too much of it, even though I, even then I didn't really like it, but I never ruined tequila for myself. No, thank God. Yeah. Neither did I because it's so great. It's really good. And it good. gives you a really kind of different, like a warm drunk, mm. like a euphoric, happy. Yeah. Before you get so drunk that you can't remember anything, yeah. but that yeah. like, euphoric phase just before. Yeah. And it's such different. It's like um, Kashaska. Yeah. The same thing. I love that. Caprinas, those yeah. are, yeah, I love those. Um,. Do you have a a drink opinion that you think is super unpopular, like something that everyone else loves that you hate, or something that you love that everyone else thinks is disgusting? I just, um, God, I really do not like a pina colada. Really, <laughs> I really don't. And I know, <laughs> FYI, everyone listening in, we've got, <laughs> we've got Harry sat right here. Yeah. I love to say um, that he's some sort of like sound technician, but he's about as useless <laughs> as it gets. <laughs> and you just, you should have seen his eyes when I said Tina Colada. Um, it was hatred in them. Um, but yeah, I just don't, I just, I guess like coconut, I just don't like Yeah, it. no, that's understandable. It is, yeah. But I, I love the song. Oh yeah, and that's I just, a great song. I wish, I wish I could like... I wish I could listen to the song and have a pina colada, but I just can't. Like, yeah. I, I just don't even like the smell. Yeah. No, that's fair, though. A lot of people really don't like coconut. Yeah. Um, for me, if you're talking about drinks like that, I am not a watermelon fan, so anything with, like, Midori in it, I'm not a fan of. But my my biggest, my most unpopular drink opinion is probably I hate cider. I can't touch oh, really? cider. Yeah. Um, which is a shame because so many people here love it in the summer. Yeah. But yeah, I'm not a cider fan. If you could have anyone make you a drink, anyone in the world, anyone living or dead, doesn't matter, who would it be? I probably will would have a better answer for this question, but the first thing that's come to my mind is I just remember um, George Clooney talking about <laughs> this hotel in uh oh my god where's where is it that george clooney and amal clooney live in italy it's on the amalfi coast isn't yeah. it yeah i think i can't remember exactly where like sorrento or something like it's that it's somewhere yeah it's somewhere yeah. around there on the coast and there's a hotel the belmond hotel mm-hmm. and he was going on about this um um like bartender there who's like been working at this hotel for like 50 plus years yeah and he's like a seasoned pro at at like all the cocktails and it's just he makes cocktails he makes his own cocktails and and uh he just has like a million stories to tell yeah all of the most like just the most glamorous people that have been in and out of this hotel um and I think I'd love to have him make me a drink just just so I could hear the stories. I don't think you could come up with a better than answer than that. That's a great answer. I'll have to check that place out. 
Um, no, that sounds amazing. Also, like, yeah, bartenders in Italy have been making drinks for ages, so they're yeah. all going to be super knowledgeable. Um, okay, last question. What do you think is the most underrated drink? I'm so... The thing is, the background, I'm Middle Eastern, so as a... F- f- within, like, my family don't really drink. Mm-hmm. Not that we're, like religious and we don't drink but we just like we're just not big drinkers so yeah. I've just never been exposed to a lot of drinks until like different types of cocktails Adulthood, yeah until, yeah and really until now actually so that's like really underrated oh I'm afraid to give an answer mm, that's all right <laughs> <laughs> what do I like that people don't like um I don't know I'm really, I'm really like the most cookie cut, like I will just drink, I suppose, oh God, I don't know, Megan, you put me on the spot. No, yeah, no, I didn't mean, I didn't mean to put you on the spot. Mine, if it helps, mine is, I love Bloody Marys and so many people hate them. Okay, great. Can I, I actually get, I'm going to get on the bandwagon. I do not like Bloody Marys. Yeah. But my sister does. Yeah. They're, they're, that's a super divisive drink, and it's down to the tomato juice. Um, so yeah, but I do... I can see why people would like it, just hmm. the spice and the tomato. It's, it's like just, for a- me, it's because I have a very low tolerance for sweet. Like Same. I, yeah. Same. So if you're talking about like a boozy brunch, I would rather drink Bloody Marys one after the other than drink like mimosas, because one mimosa mm-hmm. and I'm like, I need yeah, yeah, like yeah. water. Yeah. Um, Prosecco as well is just so. You know what? I have fallen out with Prosecco. I have actually fallen out with Prosecco. Oh my god! Can Prosecco be my my answer? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, yeah, yeah. I do not like Prosecco, and I sound like such a snob. I I work um, at a um, like a wedding uh, wedding. <laughs> well, I love it. <laughs> <laughs> the margaritas are really working. I work at a wedding registration. Um, company and we always serve the get the couples that come in prosecco yeah and i had one couple and she was such an awful woman and i gave her a glass of prosecco yeah. and she was like i don't drink prosecco i only drink champagne and i kind of was like I, she was such a bitch and i hated yeah. her and but i i was like i agree yeah i agree with you so i never had that opinion from like the snobby perspective i will say that um, some really close family friends of mine are wine distributors in Chicago and they do not like Prosecco simply because it is, because if my understanding is correct, I think the bubbles are added to Prosecco. It's not like champagne where it's stored. Like, I think it's like artificial how the bubbles are added. I might be, I might have the wrong end of the stick on that, but they aren't Prosecco fans either. I've always been fine with it. However, like I, like I have nothing against like how it's made, whatever. But the, my past few experiences with Prosecco, so we, I almost exclusively drank Prosecco at our housewarming and, and I, to the extent that I think I drank like a bottle and a half by myself, um, and had the worst hangover of my life the next day. It's like, I want to kill myself because it's, it's like a combination of a beer hangover and a wine hangover because yeah. you have the carbonation that fucks with your stomach and then you have the sweetness. Yeah. 
Um, and it also is just really high alcohol content. Um, and then this past weekend, we had a 4th of July party slash going away party for some friends that are moving back to the U.S., And I was so good the whole day. I wasn't mixing. I stuck to like basically two different things and I was pacing myself and I was drinking loads of water. And then at the end of the evening, because we were like toasting to Marcus and Elizabeth who were moving back to America, I opened some Prosecco. And then for whatever reason, because it was open, I was just like, well, my glass can never be empty. Like just (laughs) topping it up. And honestly, I think, and I, I spoke to about this I spoke to Michael about this we all agreed like if the Prosecco had never been opened I think some of us would have not even been hungover because like we like that was the tipping point for me so I can put like I'm not to like I won't refuse it because I really like it in an Aperol spritz um yeah but yeah so do I but like on its own this is the thing like brunches Prosecco brunches yeah no I I my birthday a few years ago, my friend took me out for a brunch and the guy was so, the waiter, it was one of those like wonderful waiters that like filled up, you know how you have like an hour or what, how you yeah, have like, there's like a the, time yeah, period yeah. and you have to drink yeah. within that time. Like this guy was so lovely. He was breaking all the rules yeah. for us and he was, he would like pour the Prosecco right up to like the yeah, rim of the glass. Yeah. Like, he was being so wonderful. But because of that, we were just drinking so yeah. much, so quickly, and we were blackout drunk by, like, 11 I know, I know. And uh, I, for, like, months after, I couldn't eat eggs. Yeah. I was just so repulsed, so disgusted by... Yeah. Yeah, so just, I don't know what the point I think of that story was other that. than... No, like, I, like, I think we've all, like, the boozy brunch is the downfall of Prosecco, yeah. because it just, it yeah. gets, it's so funny that the trademark beverage of a breakfast meal is like is so lethal you know what I mean like you'd be better like you you would be better off drinking gin and tonics I think because like well like a white wine spritz yeah just like fresh and like yeah and I like the funny thing is that I think in America Aperol spritz is actually quite a popular bottomless brunch drink and I I don't think you ever really see that here probably because it's like it's expensive enough for places to make it that they wouldn't like Prosecco. I mean, let's be honest, like they'll say, Oh, bottomless Prosecco brunch for 25 quid. Well, a bottle of Prosecco for them is eight pounds, you know, because they're obviously getting like the shittiest stuff. So it's like, they still end up getting like a good end of the deal. But, um, yeah, it's, uh, I, you know, I've, I've said like to Harry, you know, the next gathering that we have here, coronavirus, permitting we're not buying prosecco for it no, <laughs> like no, definitely unless you're gonna make those aperol spritz well and that was the funny thing is that your boyfriend saved me because when you guys came over we had it for aperol spritz yeah and then there was a bottle that was pretty full um because we we only like opened it and used a little bit of it and when james came in and i was, I was like oh what should we make next and he was like oh should we just have like should we just open some wine? And I was like, well, we have this Prosecco. And he was like, no, 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 it's fine. Like, you guys saved that Prosecco. And, I mean, I got seriously drunk with you guys anyway. But I think if I had had the Prosecco, I think I would have been sick. Like, that yeah. would have pushed yeah. me completely that, I was beyond saying, the we, edge. Megan and I were chatting before, and I was saying that that was not the worst hangover I've ever had, but that was a close second worst hangover. Mm. That was... It was because that was the first time we both... I, I, well, at least for me, like, I've like heavily drunk 
since oh yeah corona struck. well the thing is is that i i've felt like i have been heavily drinking during quarantine but the yeah. the, the but what, unmanageable amounts the right? what what i've learned from hanging out with you guys was that what we thought was heavy drinking when it's just the two of us like when you're actually socializing it's completely different yeah. because you're just so happy to be with other yeah. people that it just you're like no let's just keep opening bottles like you yeah. don't want the fun to stop um so yeah that was rough for both of us but we had a great time so it's fine um but I haven't drank any rosé or white wine since and I am yeah, Prosecco is, is just an Aperol spritz mixer for me at this point. I, I, I agree. Yeah. 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 All right, so back to the frozen margarita. We will talk a little bit about the history. Um, so I just did a little Google, and there's actually an interesting article on nationalgeographic.com, so I can put that in the show notes if anyone's interested. Um but what I learned, this article is from 2016. So like every other drink that I have covered on this podcast thus far, there is a lot of debate over what the actual origins are. Apparently, there is a story that the drink was first concocted by a Mexican restaurant owner called Carlos Herrera in 1938. There was a gorgeous showgirl who apparently was allergic to all forms of alcohol except tequila. I don't really know how that... Ooh. like. I mean, I'd love to be allergic to everything except tequila, um, but didn't like to drink it straight. So the bartender decided to solve the problem by adding salt and lime and made the world's first margarita. That's one of the versions of the story. Another claim is that there was a socialite, Margaret Sames, who mixed it up at a house party in Acapulco in 1948. Um, and it was called the margarita after her because her name was Margaret. Um there's, there's loads of different women that supposedly it's named after. There's a cocktail historian, David Wandrich, who wrote the book Imbibe, who thinks that it evolved from a cocktail known as the Daisy, which was a mix of alcohol, citrus juice, and grenadine served over shaved ice that was popular in the 30s and 40s. There were gin daisies, whiskey daisies, and inevitably the tequila daisy. Um, and the original recipe called for tequila, orange liqueur, lime juice, and a splash of soda. So that's basically a margarita with soda. Um, and I didn't realize that margarita means daisy in Spanish. Yeah. So that seems like the most Plausible. reasonable yeah. Yeah, explanation. Um, but anyway, every time I do this podcast, I learn something new. So it sounds like it came out sometime in the 30s and 40s. Um, and it was called the margarita because it was a version of a daisy. Um, so there, the more, you know, so what is your, <clears throat> so the frozen margaritas that I made for us tonight, um, I used tequila Blanco. So white tequila, it was called El Jimador, I think. Um, and Cointreau triple sec and lime juice and then ice and just blended it in a magic bullet. Um, so that's my frozen margarita. Are there any, are there any like weird frozen margaritas you've ever had that were good? Um, I've had a spicy frozen margarita, mm. which is, which was really nice. It wasn't my favorite, but it was a fun thing to try. Yeah. It's definitely not something that you want to like get wasted on. Yeah. It's, it's actually, it's really spicy. Yeah. Um, but, uh, I've tried like, like variations. So like I've tried like strawberry margaritas or passion fruit margaritas. Yeah. Delicious. 
No, I... Frozen margarita-wise, I think I've only just had regular... Maybe I've had a strawberry margarita frozen. Um, But I love, like, jalapeno and habanero margaritas, like the Mm. spicy ones. I love those. There's a, a Mexican restaurant back at home... Um, called El Mocha Hiete, and they do all different kinds of margaritas. Um, and the habanero one is immense. It's amazing. So I really like those spicy ones. Um, but yeah, it's just fun. I mean, I, the just regular lime frozen margaritas. You can't. They're just, just so refreshing. It's so yeah. refreshing. And like you said before, like they really do like transport you to like. Just a happy moment, right? Like, is it yeah. like like a like a warm evening or like on the beach somewhere? Yeah, or just like a summertime experience. Or I think the thing about a margarita is that you're you're usually I mean unless you're just making it at home nonstop, which is absolutely fine. Yeah. But like I think for the average person, you're either having a margarita. When you are on holiday, be yeah. it in Mexico or just somewhere warm. And it's a summertime drink. Yeah. Right? It's not something Definitely. Or you're having it at a Mexican yeah. restaurant. Yeah. Um, but either way, like, those are things that are just associated with, like, happy memories. Yeah. Um, and I can I mean, like, there's just such a strong prevalence of Mexican restaurants in Chicago. And I just so many countless, like, I will, I feel like I'm, I'm past like the you know oh I can't even think of the term but the the oh the statute of limitations I'm past the statute of limitations on being able to say this but um the Mexican restaurants in Lincoln Park which is the neighborhood in Chicago that I lived in when I was in college just they were known like those were the ones that typically never carded us so I spent a lot of time there because it was just like I was like 19 and I could go get margaritas and they wouldn't question my age, um, which is something that you guys here just can't relate to because you were able to go when you were 18. But like it was, you know, like a much bigger deal in the U.S. Um, So I have so many memories. But yeah, it's just just like meeting up with friends and just having and they're usually served in these like giant glasses that are with the salted brim. It's the theater of it as well. Yeah. The the showmanship. Yeah. And also a margarita goes so well with Mexican food, Mm. you know, like tacos or fajitas are just getting, like, there's a Mexican restaurant that has opened up, like, an authentic Mexican restaurant, which is hard to come by in in the UK, in Balham called 1910, because um, I'm really going off on a tangent, but 1910 is the year, I think, that Mexico um, gained their independence. That's why they called it that, and they have been a staple for me and Harry during lockdown, because they do takeaway tacos and quesadillas and everything like that but they also do stealth margaritas so they just put your margarita in a coffee cup and you can just walk home with it and it just tastes so good with that food there's just something about the lime and the salt it just tastes yeah they're meant for each other yeah exactly what um so what is the best what is your most cherished memory of drinking a margarita okay so um again going back to Brazil. <laughs> this is uh, my dad. So we lived in Brazil. We lived in Sao Paulo, but we were on holiday and we were on an island just off of the coast somewhere. I really should know, but I just don't remember. But I know that the island was called Ilha Bella, and I'd recommend you Google it because it's so beautiful. And if anyone is ever going to Brazil, 
you must go to Ilia Bella mm. as well. It's just so stunning. And they had like an avenue of restaurants mm-hmm. and um, like outdoor seating. And it was just every, it was like lined with these huge trees mm-hmm. that would just like encase the whole, yeah. the whole street. And um, these like beautiful like festoon lights everywhere. It was just like the most, just like the most idyllic atmosphere um, for like an al fresco dinner. Mm-hmm. And again, we were having tacos. And um, my dad ordered, and I was very young, by the way. I must have been like, I don't know, 11, 12, mm-hmm. around there. And my dad ordered some frozen margaritas for him and my mum. And they came out in the most ginormous margarita glasses. Mm. Just like incredibly big. Sounds amazing. With um, like metal straws. Before metal straws were even fashionable. Like those spin, like those twirly ones just so like visually so stunning that as a kid I was like not knowing what a margarita was I was like oh my god that's incredible can I can I try some my dad was like okay fine but like just the 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 smaller sip and um I had a sip and I was just so it was instantaneous Mm -hmm. I was in love I was like this is the best thing I've ever had and my dad I waited for my dad to go to the bathroom, and when he did, I just, I gulped down as much as I could, and it it was so good, and to this day, I've just been going, like, I've just been looking for that margarita. Yeah, yeah. And I guess, like, as a kid, you do hype up the memory, don't you? Yeah. So I don't know if I'll ever be able to find something as good, but it's just something that I just hold up, you know, in, like as like a beacon and I'm just like wherever I go I'm like I hope this margarita is as is as good um but I to be fair like I have been to some places here in London that do like amazing margaritas like we were saying the Big Easy I mean mm. they're very sweet which is yeah nice. they're so delicious um and they're very like slush puppy yeah kind yeah. of margaritas um but Azteca on the King's mm-hmm. Road also does the most unbelievable margaritas. And they are a really traditional Mexican restaurant. Um, we need to go there. We need uh, to go. Yeah. It's so, it's really beautiful. Um, just like the restaurant's really beautiful as well. And um, yeah, so, yeah, so that was my first experience of a margarita. No, it's a great, I, like we were saying before we started recording, I think, um, I think so many friends and guests that I have on this show, their drink is going to be something that they first discovered on holiday because I think it's mm. just like, it, it's the association with just sheer happiness, no stress, no, no stress. responsibility, yes. and being completely wrapped up in the moment. Um, yeah. yeah, no, definitely. I I love that. I I can't remember my first margarita necessarily. I, I do remember... Um, before I was of legal age, I remember I went, so my baseball team, the White Sox, um, is in a neighborhood of Chicago that is is very Hispanic, and so there's a lot of Hispanic players, Hispanic, there, it's a huge Hispanic fan base, and as a result, there the stadium has a lot of delicious Hispanic food and margaritas, um, <clears throat> and I do remember... I got really drunk on margaritas because I think I think it was that my mom ordered a margarita at the mm. game we were at and then she didn't feel like finishing it and she gave it to me um, and they were quite strong. I remember that. I also remember. Very strong. Yeah. Oh yeah. 
I remember, although I, I have never, and maybe it's just because it's, maybe it's not a drink that you order like loads of, but I've never been like hungover from margaritas. No, that's such a good point. Like, yeah. I don't think I have either, but I've been drunk on margaritas. Yeah. No, I've definitely been drunk on them, but I think, like, if you're... So, in America, there's kind of, like... Which I'm sure it's the same here, but there's, like, the classic places, like, classic, authentic Mexican restaurants um, where you get proper margaritas that are made with fresh ingredients and then there's kind of shitty places where they are clearly from like a mix that you can get in a bottle or even if you wanted to make them at home the supermarket will have pre-made mix where you just add tequila or some of it you don't even need it already has tequila in it that stuff is disgusting disgusting yeah it's like drinking WKD blues like it's the same kind of it's awful I mean I had a friend and I won't name and shame but I had a friend who made me a frozen margarita once Mm -hmm. but she she didn't use the pre-mix she used um what is it like ready like ready like those preserve lime juices oh no why why would you do that huh Fresh limes and lemons are so available. Like, why don't you get the, the, in that, like, and it always comes in that, like, fake plastic. Where it looks like a lime. Yeah. Yeah. I know exactly what you're talking about. Yeah. It just, and it doesn't taste the same. No. Fresh ingredients are so integral. So so the thing is, because my dad has gotten really into, because of me, my dad's gotten really into Mai Tais, which Mai Tais are one of, if you've never had a proper Mai Tai, I'm going to make you one next time. Um, that's a whole other podcast, but so a Mai Tai is like a classic tiki drink. Um, and a Mai Tai includes lime juice. Um, but it also includes like two different types of rum and, and triple sec and orange out syrup and and all this other stuff. Um, it's, it's very much a mixed drink. Um, my dad has said, I have only ever made Mai Tais with fresh lime juice. I, to be honest, I don't even know where you get the preserved stuff in UK supermarkets. I've never tried. Yeah. Um, so I've only just used real limes. My dad has tried with both and he seems to think that with the preserved lime juice, it's not different enough to make it worth it to like squeeze a load of limes, oh. which I feel like I don't agree with, but Perhaps in a Mai Tai where the lime juice is just kind of a part in like a a, a cog in a whole wheel. Yeah. But a margarita, the lime juice is like so front and center that I don't think I could make it with. No, it needs to be. Because it's just like the smell of fresh lime as well. Yeah. It's it's the smell. It's all your senses have so much to do with the experience. Exactly. So you need that like fresh lime to like just make it magical. Yeah. <laughs> I love it. Another another one of my margarita memories is when I was going into my junior year of college, so I would have been 20. Um I had just me and like three of my friends had just started our first inter- we had like our first days at our internships. Um so we were in like professional work clothes. Yeah. We had our first experience with like a nine to five job. And, um, but the Blackhawks, which is our hockey team in Chicago, were in, it was the final game of the Stanley Cup fi- championship. So basically, if they won, they would win the Stanley Cup. Oh, wow. 
And they won several times over the course of when I was in college. That was when they were really good. But it was a big deal nonetheless. But none, like, we all wanted to watch it, but none of us were, like, psycho hockey fans. And so we were like, why don't we go to a Mexican restaurant to eat and drink margaritas and watch the hockey game? Because all of these crazy hockey fans are going to want to go to bars. They're not going to want to go to, like, a Mexican restaurant. So that's what we did. We got this table, and it was all of our friends, but... There was obviously loads of people that tried to go into all these bars and couldn't get in because they were full. And so they were like, oh, it's a Mexican restaurant. So the place ended up being packed and the Blackhawks won the Stanley Cup. But I have never seen people destroy a restaurant. Like there were people, oh there was like God, no. lighting fixtures that people were hanging from. People were just like chucking bottles of Corona. Like it was, um, I actually felt so bad. And it, but the ridiculous thing was that my table of friends, like we were having a good time, but yeah. none of us were rowdy, like whatsoever. Yeah. Um, and we went to pay our bill, and like we actually, like it was so, it was such carnage in there that we actually like approached them to try to pay the bill. We didn't, you know, we didn't wait for them to come. And they tried to charge us like, $50 or something to cover like damages and we were just oh, like no. we're not responsible for what's happened yeah. here um you know it was a, uh, it was ridiculous I'm sure that restaurant doesn't look back on that as like a fine a fine time in their history but I I so clearly remember just all the margaritas and it was such a weird juxtaposition of like drinking margaritas but also hockey is such a like you don't put those two together basically yeah. I would yeah, never yeah, go yeah. to a hockey game and drink a margarita um but no, it was a, uh, it was good fun. It was good fun. The, uh, so there's two, two like variations on the margarita that I've had that I loved. One we've kind of already talked about, which is the habanero margarita. Yeah. So if anyone wants to make that, you basically, I mean, it's basically the same recipe as a regular margarita. But I would take a habanero chili and muddle it in the bottom of your cocktail shaker. And then shake it with everything else that you use to make a margarita. So the tequila, lime, and salt, basically. Um, and um, it's absolutely delicious. I mean, if you're not into spice, I wouldn't recommend it. But the other thing I will say is there is a a kind of chili powder that we get in America. I don't know if you can get it here, but it's called tahine. And it's like this... Oh my god, it's this amazing chili powder. And I first discovered it because in Disneyland... They serve it as a snack. You sprinkle it on mango slices, which sounds so weird. Like, no, why would you that put? Great. Oh my god! Because it's this perfect sweet. mix of sweet and yeah. like salt and spicy. Yeah. So that's how I discovered it. And then there was a, a Mexican restaurant near where my parents lived that rims their margaritas with it, and it oh, is that's um, very clever. Yeah, yeah, it's delicious. So I highly recommend that. That's a good idea. Like if you. Even to just like rim your glass with maybe yeah something different something yeah. spicy rather than yeah. putting it in the actual drink yeah so you just get like a hit of it exactly again exactly um, and then the second margarita variation is absolutely amazing so again going back to Disney for whatever reason um, in the Mexico Pavilion in Disney World they have a bar called La Cava del Te- Tequila I think they have like fifty different kinds of tequila or something it's this amazing little tequila cave and they do loads of different margaritas and they do a horchata margarita have you ever had horchata it is a mexican like cinnamon spiced rice milk um it's so this is like a dessert margarita um but it is amazing 
And there, so there's a brand, it's called Rum Chata, that's basically horchata with rum in it, um, that is, it, it's, it's just, I think Bailey's, like, it's exactly like Bailey's, but it's just more, like, rum and kind of, like, cinnamony, but it's a very similar kind of liqueur to Bailey's, but they make this margarita with tequila, the rum chata, a bit of fireball whiskey, and then just like agave nectar and cinnamon and ice, and it is, wow. it is like it's de- like you wouldn't want to drink more than one. It's like a dessert cocktail. It's kind of yeah, like an espresso yeah, martini, yeah. or you know. But yeah. oh my god, I had one with my parents when I was like twenty, and I was like, this is the best thing I've ever tasted. <laughs> Amazing. But these are all things I've had on holiday. That's what I'm saying. Like holiday is the it, time to yes, 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 yes. <laughs> <laughs> Like, I'm just trying to think of a time where I've, like, the margarita, the margarita is, like, quite a special drink. Yeah. And it's not something you just would whip up. And no. Just have any old day. Like, no. It is, there is something about it. But, like, on a summer evening somewhere, like, even in, like, Nova in Victoria. Mm, yeah. Just, like, sitting outside and, like, just the hustle and bustle of everyone and the music, like... And just having a frozen margarita. Yeah. It's just like... It's the, an ambiance it ha- type. It's the ambiance yeah. type yeah. thing. Yeah. The, it yeah. has to be the right setting and the right vibes. Yeah. No, I completely agree. Like, I've made us margaritas a few times when we've had Mexican food, but I, it's not a drink that on, like, a Thursday night, I'm like, oh, let's just yeah. make margarita. Yeah. I mean, you know, I should. It's delicious. But there is... It, it's more of like a... It's like a production. It's more of an event, making a margarita. For sure. Yeah. And I think... It's nicer to have it with like a. It's not the drink that you'd have on your own. No. Oh god! No, if you were like no. really sad or like contemplating no. <laughs> frozen margarita, I can't. I can't imagine being sad and being like, "Let me get out my blender." <laughs> no, I completely agree. But I also think like, it's just to me like I've had a lot of margaritas in my time, but like I can still kind of think of the individual instances where something like wine, like obviously certain wines will stand out and you'll be like, oh my God, we had that amazing bottle of wine in Italy or whatever. Um, But we all drank so much wine or so many gin and tonics that they all just, you're not going to remember every single one, but like margaritas, like you'll, you're more likely to remember like, oh, remember we had that. That's such, that's so true. Yeah. That is so true about the margarita, (laughs) especially the frozen margarita. Yes. Yeah. Definitely. Guys, we're in summer now. And please, I urge you to go yeah. out and find yourself a frozen margarita yes. and think of us while you drink yeah. it. Yeah, because the UK, the UK is finally open, so there's places that you can definitely go find them. Yeah. So, yeah, you said the Big Easy has good ones on Big the King's Easy, Road. Azteca, Mezcalito. Oh, my gosh, there's a Tonteria as well. Yeah. These are all, by the way, with, like... Oh, yeah. Like, walking distance yeah. of each other. Like, and I'm very... For chain-wise, Oaxaca, I can I can vouch yeah, for them. They have yeah, good yeah, They yeah. have good margaritas, yeah. Tonteria is great, because it, it is a club, um, but they bring um, their tequila, and you can get tequila shots, and it, it comes on, like, a little choo-choo chain. Oh, my God. Those, like, I love ones, that. And it, yeah. it goes through the whole, like, bar. Oh, my God. And then it will come to you, and then you pick up your shot, and you, you down it. I love that. And then you that. put it back on the train, and then it goes again. And it's just, like, such a fun experience. That's great. Another thing we need to do. Yes. When, whenever. Oh, yes. Oh, my yeah. gosh. A thousand percent. Yeah. Definitely. They're great for their Halloween parties. Yeah. 
find me out. They've got, um, Harry's here. But, uh, they got shirtless men. (laughs) (laughs) Harry's like, sign me up. When are we going? (laughs) They have shirtless men in, like, devil outfits, and they are. Oh, alright. Should should we book as soon as we stop recording? (laughs) Yeah, let's do that. (laughs) A girl's night. Exactly. (laughs) Anyway, thank you so much, Nadia, for coming for the third time. You were a delight and a listener favorite, and we look forward to having you back on the show. I cannot wait to come back. Thank you. Bye. Bye. Thank you so much to Nadia for coming back on the show for the third time. She is an absolute fan favorite and a personal favorite of mine, and I hope that she will come back on the show very, very soon. And thank you so much to you, the listener, for tuning in to this week's episode of Gin and Beer It. We had fun recording it, and I hope you had fun listening to it. I hope that you are enjoying the new format of the podcast. I sure am. So as I said earlier when I was chatting to Nadia, bars and restaurants are open in the UK at the time of recording. Hopefully we don't have to go back into lockdown at any point, but that has been very exciting because I've been able to get out and have some drinks that I didn't make for myself for the first time in like four months, which has been an absolute treat. I hope that wherever you are in the world, you're able to do the same, obviously in the safest way possible. If you have any suggestions for drinks that you would like to be covered on the show, please email me at ginandbeeratshow at gmail.com. You can also DM me on Instagram at ginandbeeratshow and on Twitter at ginandbeeratpod. I am always keen for suggestions. If you would like to come on the show, anyone can be a guest. I would love to chat to anyone, so please reach out to me. I am still posting weekly cocktail tutorials on my Instagram TV every Thursday, so be sure to follow me on Instagram so that you see those, and Instagram is always the most up-to-date place to get posts about when there are new podcast episodes and blog posts and please 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 if you're enjoying the show if you could please like rate and subscribe in the itunes store apple Podcasts, as well as share with your friends because the more people that listen the more we get to do so thank you so much for listening i hope that you are safe and well wherever you are and we'll chat to you next week